Thank you, praise team. Hey, you all keep on getting better. That's just gets better every week. Thank you so much. <laughs> want to welcome you in person. Want to welcome those watching and maybe listening online. Um, we've been in a series called Transformed, and uh, you know I hope this has been a, a series that has transformed your life. Maybe, and and if not. Maybe, you know, this year, if something comes up, you'll remember this series. We've talked about some important things in our lives, and today's going to be uh, the last message in this series. I know we hate to see it go, but we gotta, we got to bring it to an end today, and we're going to be talking about a very, very big thing today, and, and maybe many people need a transformation or would want a transformation in this area, and that is in the workplace, in the workplace. Um, there is a, uh, was a guy, and um, he was just really barely getting by, making ends meet. The economy was bad, and so at his workplace, he went in and asked his boss for a raise, right? We, we just dread those times when we do that. And so he said, look, uh, talked to his boss, said, you know, the economy's bad. I'm struggling here. I need to, I need to have a raise, and I've got, I've got three companies after me, you know, so I need to in order for me to stay here, I'm going to need a little bit more money. And so after a period of negotiation, um, the boss agreed on giving the guy a raise, and so he was happy. And as he walked out of the office, the boss said, hey, you know, what three companies were, just I'm curious, what three companies were after you? He said, the power company, the phone company, and the water company, right? Um, you know, why talk about work? Work is where you spend most of your time. At work is when people spend most of their life, all right? So on, on average, the average person in their lifespan will spend um, 70% of their life working. So, yeah, the vast majority of your life, you know, as you are breathing, is spent working. The average typical work week for us, you know, 40-hour work week, if you spent um, 45 years, you know, from, you know, 20 to 65, you would have worked 93,000 hours. That's, that's a, lot of, a lot of time. And it's no, it's no wonder why when we look at the Bible, when we look at the teachings of Jesus, we look at his parables, the overwhelming majority of Jesus' teachings involve the workplace. They involve working. I know it looked different back then, but it, it involved working. So how do you view work? What do you, what do you think about your job and, and your career? Now, I know that, um, you know, there may be some that are not employed. Maybe you're retired, and, you know, you've already done all that. Um, or maybe, you know, you've been laid off and you're looking for work. Or maybe you're, a, you're, you're young and you're not working yet. Um, you know, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Or a stay-at-home dad, you know that's that's a thing, a, a thing now that that people are doing, and I can see the value and the need in that. But I think no matter where you're at in work, the truths, the things that we're going to talk about today will definitely help you out. I'm going to share two truths with you this morning, and four actions that we can take based on those truths. And I'm going to go fast. So the first truth is this: you are made to work. You are made to work. You are created by God 
to work. He has designed you that way, Genesis 2.15. And I just want to say this. This is before the fall. This is before things got bad, okay? Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. I know the ladies are saying, you see uh, the man there, right? Yeah, why do I got to work, right? Hey, ladies, um, a little while later, God created the man a helper, right, to help, to to do work too, right? So um, you don't get off the hook, but... You know, God created us to work, and, um, you know, one of the Ten Commandments has to do with this in a way, and it's the Sabbath, right? And, and remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. If you look at the Ten Commandments, they're not just there in one list. They're sort of spread out over uh, in Exodus and then in Deuteronomy. And so if you, if you read it in other places, the commandments are sort of spelled out a little bit better for you. And the, the commandment to rest on the Sabbath, remember the Lord's Day, keep it holy, is piggybacked off of you are to work six days and rest on the seventh. All right? You know, you are to work six days and, and rest on the seventh, right? Um, so the focus there is, is on working, but making sure that you rest so that you can work, right? Um, you know, there's something, I, I'll just be honest with you, maybe you're, I know you'll feel this way too, maybe. There's something satisfying about working. I can't explain it. it, it there's something gratifying and, and fulfilling about working. And you know why that is? Because you were designed to do that. You were, you were designed to, to work. And here's what working is at its foundation, at its biblical foundation. Working is contributing to creation. It's contributing to creation. It's making life better, not only for you, but for others, and then for the rest of creation. You know, Adam Adam was to work not only for his benefit, but for the good of creation. That's what cultivating means. It's it's turning over. It's making fresh. It's making better. It's, it's bringing goodness into the life of this world through your work. You know, and this doesn't have to be paid work. Uh, it could be it could be volunteering, you know. Um, like I said earlier, you, you could be working from uh, at, at home, you know, not getting paid as a stay-at-home mom or, or dad. But the point is it's bearing responsibility of doing something for the benefit of not only yourself, but for the good of God's creation, okay, so first truth is that I was made to worship. Second truth is this, I was made to worship. I was made to worship. Um, we were created in God's image, and what that means is if you think of a mirror, uh, an image that way, a mirror reflects, and so we were to we were to reflect God in the world, and then we were to reflect, uh, you know, glory back up to God. We, we were made to worship and worship glorify God in all that we do. Romans 12, 1, this has been sort of our theme verse for this series, these two verses here, 12, 1 and, and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Notice this. This is your true and proper worship. Wow. You know what true worship is? 
It's offering your life to God. Let me ask you this. Where do you spend most of your life? In the workplace. You spend most of your life working. You know, so we we really can't separate work and worship when that's where we spend most of our life. You know, so this is where so many Christians mess up. They um, compartmentalize. Have you heard of that? Sectioning off, quarantining. I know you're tired of that word by now. But we section off areas of our life. And we're like, okay, this is worship here and this is not. This is just a job. No, it's according to the Bible, it's all worship because your life is meant to be to be worship. And um, we were made, folks, just to worship more than on Sundays. Um, what about Monday through Friday or, you know, Monday through Saturday, right? Your life is, is meant to be worship. So maybe that maybe you need to rethink that today. You need to rethink and renew how you view your work and, and the workplace. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you're in need of transformation, it starts in the mind. It starts with how you think and how you you view things. And so what you need to do is get to the point where you realize that, hey, my work is worship. My work is worship. And my worship is work, right? The two are, the two are connected. So based on those two, two truths, four actions that you need to take to make sure that your work is worship. The first one is this. I must realize that I work for the Lord. I must realize that I work for the Lord. Um, you, you may have a boss, right? But there's a higher up involved. A really higher up. You know, as high as you can get is God. You know, you may report to a board, but ultimately you work for the Lord, right? He, he is your boss. Ultimately, you work for him no matter what you do what job you have it doesn't matter if you're self-employed you know you may be your own boss but ultimately you work for the lord colossians 3:23 says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the lord not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the lord as a reward it is the lord christ you are serving. It doesn't matter what job you you have. If you clean toilets or if you clean teeth. And I don't know about you, but I'd much rather clean toilets right about now, right? Um, you know, I used to have a job cleaning horse stalls, and that job stunk, literally. I mean, it was terrible. And so it, it, my point is it doesn't matter what you do, you are working for the Lord. When you serve out your your job responsibilities, ultimately what this is teaching us is that you're serving. You're serving the Lord. Um, I saw a Gallup poll that states, it's shocking, shocked me, 70% of people are not engaged in their work. Um, and this is a really, really big thing on the business end. So if you're a company or if you're a manager or a boss, employee engagement is a big thing. You want to get your employees engaged because they stay with you longer. They work better, right? Um, but on the employee side of things, it's sad. It's sad that seven, seven out of ten people are not engaged 
in their workplace by choice. Like they choose not to be. What this is saying is 70% of people view their workplaces or their work as negative, and they're just trying to make it through the day. Is that you today? Maybe you know somebody that's, that's like that based on the conversations you've, you've had. Uh, what, what's sad is for so many people, their heart isn't in their work. Their hearts are just not in it. But what does this verse say? Whatever. Whatever you do. You know, you do, you do, your heart needs to do it with all your heart. As, as you're working for the Lord, right? That's the reason your heart needs to be in it because of who your boss is, who, who you ultimately work for. You know, you might hate your job. You, you might, you might dread going into your job. You might like you're already thinking about tomorrow, today, and you're just dreading Monday, right? Don't. I want to encourage you. Don't be like that. That that's a bad that's a bad way to live. It'll eat away at your life, at your quality of life, and it'll also take away from your productivity during the week. Like you just you won't be the best employee that you can be. You won't do the best job you can be if you hate where you're at. Right? Um in other words, if you're miserable at work, then you're miserable in life. You don't want that for your life. God doesn't want that for your life. Romans 12, 11. I like this verse here. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Does anybody else think that word fervor is funny? <laughs> you know, it's kind of a funny word. Anybody use that in their vocabulary this past week? I mean, me either. Actually, I've never used it. I've had to look it up. <laughs> um, but you know what fervor means? Passion. It means passion. Um, and in this context, what's it, what's it a passion for? Serving the Lord, right? It's not you don't have to be passionate about your job, but you can be passionate about hey, I get to go serve the Lord today. You know, uh, so many people have forgot their fervor. Maybe you can get that back this week. Get your fervor back. When you realize that you work for the Lord, you see, it doesn't really matter what you do because, oh, yeah, I don't have to go in today. I don't dread going in today, but I get to go to this place, and I get to serve the Lord. There's a passion that we need to have in that. Now, you might say, well, look, the truth is I just don't like my job, and I want better for my, for my life, and that is perfectly okay, and that's fine. Um, I've, I've been there. And I don't think God frowns upon that. Um, but, but pay attention to this verse here, Proverbs 16.3. Commit your work. You see there? Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. So, so what does that say? Hey, where you're at right now, you might not like it, but work at it with passion. Work at it with fervor. Be good at it. Work for the Lord, and he will take care of the rest. Right, so if you're all if you don't like your job, if you want better for your life, you you commit your plans to the Lord, you commit your work to the Lord right now, and He will take care of things. Now, what does that look like? I don't know, 
he might just supernaturally bring some more satisfaction into your workplace somehow. Or he might begin opening doors left and right, and now all of a sudden you've got three or four job opportunities in front of you. You know, it goes back to that parable that we talked about a couple weeks ago in Luke 16 about the shrewd manager. (laughs) I don't know why I'm using these weird words today, shrewd. Um, But that, that had to do with money and resources. And what did it say? Whoever is faithful with a little will be trusted with more. The same concept applies to your work. If you're faithful where you're at, God knows that he can trust you with a better place, right? So commit your work to the Lord, and he will work in your life. Second thing, um, I must strive for excellence. I must strive for excellence. Is God concerned about excellence? Right? He is. He is. Just look around. I mean, not necessarily in here, but on the drive to work this morning, man, the mountains, you know, they had the snow and the ice on top, and it was just beautiful. It was gorgeous. The sunrise, beautiful, gorgeous. You know, when the Lord created everything, he did quality control, and he saw that it, he made sure that it was good. God is a perfectionist. He is. And, and, and. Not only are we made in his image, but he is our boss. And so what does he expect? What does he want? What does he desire? He knows we're not going to be perfect in life, right? But he's very concerned with how we do our work. This doesn't necessarily, I don't want you to hear this. I don't want you to hear, okay, well, I need to do more work. That doesn't necessarily mean that. If you're not, if you're hardly doing any work, then yeah, it may mean that. But I don't mean work more. I mean, make sure you do good work, right? Make sure your work is is good. Work hard at what you do. Take pride in your performance. Colossians 3.22 says this, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor. There's another weird word, curry. Um, <laughs> all right? Strange word, but you know what it means? To flavor. To, to, to flavor. So th- in other words, this is saying don't work just when your boss is around just so that you can flavor their favor. This is where we get butter them up from, right? <laughs> you, you know, you've done that. Oh, wait, shh, they're coming. All right, everybody get busy, right? Or you, or you try to work hard only when somebody's watching just to sort of benefit yourself and, and boss is coming and, oh, man, I'm. Or, you know, the boss comes in and you start complimenting them. <laughs> you're flavoring their favor. You're, you're currying their favor. And he says, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's what Paul says. But obey your masters in everything and do your job responsibility with sincerity of heart and reverence for who? The Lord. The Lord. You know, you, you, you obey your boss, you do your responsibilities, but you only revere the Lord. You revere the Lord. This means you do the best you can all of the time. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you because I've been in the workplace longer than I've been in, uh, you know, a pastor um, at this point in my life right now. And I've, I've seen this a lot. Too many Christians are just average in the workplace. And, and sadly, many are below average. 
that should never, ever, ever be of a, of a Christian. You know, we, we should strive for excellence because God, God is a perfectionist. That's who he, he's a perfect God. Um, we should strive to be like him and to bring him glory. And, and ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, we work for him. Like, like the assignment has to be on his desk at the end of the day, right? Um, we should be working with that in, in mind. You know, we just don't need to meet expectations. We need to exceed them. That's what reverence for the Lord there means. I'm, I'm working for the Lord, so I'm going to do what I do with excellence. I'm going to give it my best, um, and I'm just not going to do the minimum. I'm not going to be average. I'm going to do more. Look at Matthew 5, 41. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two. This is where we get go the extra mile from. Lots of lots of our slogans today come from the Bible. Go the extra mile. You know, how can you go the extra mile at work? And don't just uh don't just punch punch in and punch out, right? Don't don't have that mentality. Don't just do the minimum. Don't just limit yourself to your job description. That's something I saw a lot of. You know, when you're hired, you're given a job description with your duties and responsibilities laid out, and you're fine as long as you're within there. But today's time, you ask somebody to do something outside of that, they're like, hey, this isn't in my job description. What? Don't do that. Don't be that person. Don't limit yourself because you serve a limitless God. Strive for excellence in the workplace. Go the extra mile. Go above and beyond. Do more than just the minimum. You know, if, if you get, get this in your mind that, hey, I work for the Lord, then guess what? How you do your work actually matters. It matters because of who your boss is. Not necessarily because of what you do, but who your boss is. Third thing, I must maintain integrity. If I'm going to, uh, if my work is going to be worship, I must maintain integrity. Like I said earlier, God isn't as interested in what you do as he is why you do it, how you do it, and who you are becoming through it, right? Um, and so for you, success in the workplace is really more about character than it is a career. It's all about your character. For work to be worship, you must maintain your integrity. Um, that means being loyal and honest and having good character. Proverbs 11.1, 1, the Lord detests the use of dishonest scales but he delights in accurate weights, all right? This is a little more than metaphorical, right? That sounds kind of cool, doesn't it? Um, but this is literal, all right? So remember when Jesus went into the temple complex during Passover? You're, you're, hey, what did he do? And he got mad, didn't he? Started turning over tables and, and ran people out. And um, you know why he did that? It wasn't because people were there conducting business. That wasn't the reason. Actually, that was the norm. You see, Passover was a big deal, and so people from all over the known world, you know, the known world at that time, would come to celebrate Passover. And so they would travel long distances. And, man, if you had to bring your sacrificial animals, that was a hard trip. 
So what would take place is, is they would come to Jerusalem, and people would also, from the local area, would bring their livestock in, bring their animals, their sheep, their goats, their doves, things like that, and then they would sell them to these pilgrims so that they could come in and they could honor the Lord, you see. That was fine. What wasn't fine is that the people that was conducting business were skimming off the top. They were not exchanging money properly. They were keeping back. And so Jesus said this, this is, hey, this is my father's house. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. And what have you turned it into? A den of robbers, that's what he said. That's why he was mad. You see, the Lord detests dishonesty. Detests it. I mean, that's why Jesus got so mad. But, you know what he delights in? Accurate ways. Integrity. Honesty. Man, in the workplace, the Lord delights when you have integrity. When you are truthful, that delights the Lord. When you turn in the right hours at work, that delights the Lord. When you don't waste time working, right, that delights the Lord. When you are honest and when you are fair with company and business resources that don't belong to you, that delights the Lord. You know, but maintaining integrity is not just a matter of being honest and fair with your job responsibilities. It's about being it's also about being righteous in your behavior. Okay? Look at Proverbs twenty one three. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer him sacrifices. What? Yeah. The Lord is more pleased when you do what is right than he is with sacrifices. What does this mean? Well, we got to think. In the sacrificial system, what was that? It, it was really meant for the people to change, to change their heart, to realize that, hey, man, I, I need to get right with God. And so he created the sacrificial system. to So these people would, would bring a sacrifice in. They would see and know and feel Right, what it takes for, for them. Something else is paying for, for them. But you know what ended up happening? It didn't change the heart of people at all. It just became a thing that you did. It became going through the motions, just whatever. Hey, I can do this sacrifice and not change on the inside, and I can go live my life the way I want to. Right? That's that's what this means here. And do we do that today? Absolutely. And we got millions of people in churches today, church buildings, that tomorrow will be acting completely different. There's no, there's no hard stuff going on when you leave here. And God says, I don't like that. I'm more pleased when you do what is right than when you just go through the motions. Look, can you act like you do on Sunday the rest of the week? You know, it, it, it pleases the Lord when you do what is right, when you live righteously, when you work with integrity. So look, I'm just going to be practical here. At work, you've got to watch your behavior. You've got, you got to watch you, how you act. You've got to watch your behavior. You've got to watch what you say. Um, you cannot, you cannot get caught up in gossip. You can't. 
You cannot get caught up in slander when you're talking bad about somebody else or about a supervisor or a boss. You, you just can't, you can't get involved in that. You know, don't, don't get caught up in things that's going to cause you to lose the respect of not only God, but the, but the respect of others. You might say, well, um, you know, I really don't care what others think about me. Well, you should. You should, because God cares about all people, right? You maintain your integrity. Here's why. This is the fourth thing I'm going to close out here. I must see my workplace as my mission field. I must see my work as my mission field. Um, this is so important because most people don't see their work as their mission field. Most people don't see their workplace as their mission field. You know what most people see their work as? A job. A job. Um, look, your workplace is so much more than just a job. You know, it is, it is where God has placed you for a specific purpose right here and right now. Your job right now is your purpose in life. You see, your calling isn't your career. We mess that up a lot. Like my, my calling is this, my calling is that, or I, I'm not in my calling yet. Or I don't, you know what I mean? Your calling isn't in your career career your calling if you're a believer your calling is in your commission all right your calling is in your commission your job is just a vehicle to fulfill your calling you know jesus called you to come to him jesus called you to follow him jesus called you to live like him pick up your cross follow me daily right jesus called you to Make disciples. You see, that is your calling. Philippians 2.14 says this, Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. That kind of sounds like maintaining integrity, right? That's what we just talked about, but what's the point? Look at this. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people you know um, at, at the workplace you are to stand out to others you are you you are to shine and look not so that you can be the star but so that others will go to Christ so that light can shine on him so that others can see how to get to him you know Jesus said you were salt he, did, he didn't say, be like salt. He said, you are salt, are salt. He said, he didn't say, be like light. He said, you are light. You see, that, that, that is your calling, your calling, your purpose, is salt and light in the world. And, and salt, what does it do? It preserves. It, it prevents something from decaying, from dying. At the workplace, you are salt. You were there to help prevent people from dying, from going off into an eternity without God. At the workplace, you are light. You are to stand out and to, to point others to Jesus. You know what else Jesus said? 
He said, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? My witnesses, Jesus' witnesses, witnesses for him to the ends of the earth. You know what that means? That means down the road in that building. That, that, that's included in the ends of the earth. You know, if you're working from home, your, your home is, is in that too. I mean, if you, if, you, if you get relocated to another state, your job moves you, guess what? Hey, that, that's included there too. You see, at work, guess what you are? A witness. You're a, you're a witness. And I'm not saying that you show up to your workplace preaching hellfire and brimstone. That won't work out very well. And uh, you'll probably get fired, you know, if you, <laughs> if you do that. What do you do? Well, look, you, you understand that you work for the Lord. You do your job really, really well strive for excellence, and you maintain your integrity, and guess what? God will take care of the rest. He will. Um, when you stand out, people people will be drawn to that. People will be drawn to you supernaturally. They'll, they'll be attracted to you, not in a weird way, but in a relational way. And at some point, guess what they might do? They might reach out to you. They might. You'll, you'll have this level of respect that people will just give you because you do this. There's something different about them. When, when somebody else goes through something, they may reach out to you. Look at 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. You see that there? Like I revere the Lord. He is my master. He's my boss. I work for him. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do you see that there? If we're spending 70% of our lives in one place, and this is saying, look, are you ready? Are you prepared? You want to know something amazing? While you are working, guess who else is? God is. God is. And when you go into the workplace tomorrow, you might have one thing on your mind, but you have no clue what God is doing in the life of somebody else. He's, he's wor your workplace is a mission field. Um, I'm not going to share any names here, but a, a lady in our church works in healthcare, And uh, tough, tough industry anyway, and especially over the past year, just been a tough industry to work in. And uh, had never had this happen to her before, but uh, had, a, had a co-worker that um, was not a Christian, and, and it was just obvious, you know, obviously lived like she wasn't a Christian. But something was different about this day. And this day was different. This girl came in going through something. Who knows? But God was, God was working on this girl's life and on this girl's heart. And the Holy Spirit, I don't know how else to explain it, brought conviction upon this girl's life. And she needed to talk to somebody. She had to talk to somebody. She didn't know what else to do. And it kind of sounded like, um, as, as the woman was explaining this to me, it kind of sounded like um, 
she either grew up, um, you know, Catholic or had watched too many movies with, you know, um, priests in it and stuff like that. She's like, I need to, I need to do, I need to go to a priest and confess, right? And uh, what was this woman prepared? Yes, she was. It's like, hey, you don't need to do that. Um, and she was able to share some scripture with her over the phone and. And it, she, this this girl's just crying, just unloading, and and the the woman that that goes to this church is just crying, and it's just this God working at work. And this 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 girl gave her life to the Lord right there, <laughs> right there. Man, a, a life was was changed. You know, Billy Graham. This this quote just is burnt into my mind forever and ever. He says, the next great awakening will take place in the workplace. I mean, we haven't had a, had a great awakening in well over 100 years. This, this sweep of the Holy Spirit where lives are just changed. Um, now, I really believe what Billy Graham said is true. If that's where we spend most of our time, and that's where most of the people are, and that's where most of the lives... Most of the people are searching for meaning, searching for purpose, looking for answers. Are you prepared? Matthew 9, 37, I'm going to leave you with this. This is Jesus. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The workers are few. You know, you may be employed somewhere. You may go go to a job somewhere, but let me ask you this. Are you working for the Lord? Are you working for the Lord? It doesn't matter what you do for a living. What matters is that you are living out your purpose. You are living out your calling wherever and whatever you're doing. You know, I think it's interesting. I'm going to pray. I think it's interesting that a carpenter, a carpenter, guy that uh, a very 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 um, blue collar job sweat splinters tears nicks frustration hard labor mediocre job could have got paid more doing something else a carpenter changed the world forever and I think it's funny fishermen fishermen and, and, and a few other just just average people doing average jobs and, and some to even despise jobs, right? Turned the world upside down, all for the glory of God. What can God do through you at your workplace? Just imagine. Your work is worship. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this message, Father. Such a practical message, maybe maybe timely, I'm sure timely for some. Um, l let us understand these two truths that we work or that we were made to work and that our work is worship. Father, those those are not separable and, and may we see that our work is is a form of worship and that worship is also in how we work. Father, help us to understand that ultimately we uh are responsible to you, that you are our boss, and that we are to revere you in anything and everything that we do. Father, help us to do what we do with 
excellence because of that, because of who we do things for. Help us to go the extra mile, not just to be average, but to be above average, to stand out. Help us to have integrity in the workplace, Father. Father, we pray for that this morning specifically, that each and every day we would we would strive to have integrity in our lives and that we would strive to have good character, that we would refrain from gossip and sinning and just being like the world in the workplace. Instead, help us to be different. Help us to be like you. And Father, the purpose for that is to not only bring you glory, but to show people that there is something different about us. And um, help us to see our workplace as a mission field. You've called us to where we're at for a reason and for a purpose. And help us to just be ready, to be ready when you are, to be ready when that other person is that reaches out uh, to us and asks us questions and just needs our help. And help us realize those moments when you are working on someone else's life and help us to be ready and willing and able and give us the strength and wisdom to use those ordained moments um, in the right way and for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.